more work, more play podcast where reality is reality, where we shed sugar coats for leather jackets and trade up to rational thought, giving up thinking that's just ass backwards. Before we get started with today's episode, I'd like to take a left jab with a gut stab at conventional thinking. Take it away, Jaja. All work and no play makes you a very rich girl that affords her a change of mind. A change of season and fancy trips around the world. Alright, now today's topic on the More Work More Play podcast is Is budgeting boring? And if it is, then what's the way around it? Now, if you don't budget, you have this. You can count yourself in the majority. Research reported on by Rutgers University uncovered that less than half of Americans actually budget. Now, it should be no surprise then that the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau says one in four Americans have no money saved, and 40% have no more than a month's worth of expenses put aside. With sobering statistics like this, a question like, is budgeting boring, isn't one that's often addressed. Common sense says that we should obviously budget, but I'm 46, and common sense hasn't been common in 50 years. Say como sa. I'm gonna let the cat out the bag and answer this for myself. Is budgeting boring? Is it self-imposed math homework that reminds you of what you don't have and can't afford? No, I don't believe budgeting is boring. In fact, what you ought to realize is that if you think budgeting is boring, it's you that's actually boring. And you know you are. If you think budgeting is boring, I'm willing to bet that you find excitement outside of yourself. Meaning, it isn't that budgeting's boring, but you find any act without external stimulation not to be worth the effort. Now, we're constantly trying to entertain the bored child inside of us when we're this way. Let me prove it. Are roller coasters exciting to you? What about horror movies or your favorite artist's concert? If you contrast budgeting with these things, then you're a victim of our consumer society. But I want you to realize that you're not the consumer. In fact, you and your potential are what is actually being consumed. When a pride of lions comes across a group of prey, it's typically the prey that loses numbers and the predator that gets fed. If you were the consumer, you would leave those concerts, those movies, with more than you arrived with. But we don't, do we? The performer does. We gotta get out of the backwards thinking that we are fed or that we're the consumers because we give up our money to receive perishable goods. We're the goods when we're taken advantage of this way. We got to know your why. And this is a theme I come back to a lot because it's helped me so much in my own life. You gotta know the reason that you get up and go to work or school every day and your budget is no longer a math project that you're avoiding but it becomes a blueprint for your future. Ian the master investor said on the Market Mondays podcast that he would rather have Apple CEO Tim Cook as the CEO of his investments and that's why he invests in Apple. Well Apple has a budget. The biggest fights that occur in marriages and government are typically over money. Marriages end and the government continues because ultimately the budgets get made. 
Budget isn't a four-letter word. It's a six-letter word, like riches or future and wealth. If you know your why, if you know why you need to put aside 20% for retirement or 5% for insurance or 10% for a vacation, a business, or an investment, then the blueprint isn't boring. The blueprint becomes a treasure map. Now talk to the child inside of you and tell them that the budget isn't a boring math assignment. It's a treasure map and it leads to gold. And that is a four letter word. Okay, so I actually think that the notion that budgeting is plain old boring, yeah, that's well founded. I mean, what does budgeting mean? For the average person let's see if we sorted it out into a couple of steps it would be first you gather past bank statements and expenses then you add them up and then you sort them out and then you find out what you can't have and you limit what you can that isn't the definition of excitement it's not it just isn't and so if it if that's the definition of excitement count me out you're right budgeting is boring but I don't think the question is, is it the definition of excitement? You know, like the, the first question is, I think we should define what budgeting is. And then the second thing is then figure out why budget, right? So first, I'm not going to Google this. So here we go. A budget is a method to control finances in order to create and grow wealth. Okay. If we can agree on that definition and understand that we, we've got to figure out a, a definition to agree on so that we can have a more meaningful conversation about whether or not it's just too boring to undertake. So this is the definition we're going to go with. A budget is a method to control your finances in order to create and grow wealth. Now, the question becomes, why would you want to budget? Well, the answer is in the definition. You would want to budget so that you can control the income and the outflow of cash so you can amass wealth. So it's, you know, controlling income plus controlling outflow equals amassing wealth. And that's what the definition of a budget is. Now, ultimately we got to figure out, is having control over our finances boring? And if so, if it really is, then what's the way around the task of controlling your finances in order to amass wealth? So let's establish exactly what is boring about budgeting. What's boring about controlling your finances and amassing wealth. All right, let's get to number one. Number one. Gang mentality or peer pressure. I think there's a, a subconscious check or balance to do no more and sometimes no less than everyone else we know. We typically sugarcoat it and we call it peer pressure. But by definition, peer pressure sounds a lot like gang mentality. See, gang mentality is the outlook that you belong to a social group such as a gang and you should behave so as to fit in within that group. Now, peer pressure, according to Merriam-Webster, is a feeling that one must do the same things as other people of one's age and social group in order to be liked or respected by them. Gang mentality on its face is destructive, not only of society at large, but it strips away your individualism 
You're renouncing yourself for the goal of that gang activity. Tell me, for those of us who do not budget, do the two to five people closest to you actively budget? No? Well, are there other things that they do that you in turn do as well? It could be constantly eating out, spending money on Uber Eats or DoorDash, um, internet shopping with no end, doom scrolling, or sending reel after reel after reel after reel on Instagram. That's gang mentality, my friend. You are a victim of gang mentality. As the greatest rap group of all time once said, it's the blind leading the blind. Did you get your sneakers from Walmart? No, I didn't. I'm just saying, I never heard of Starburst. Did you say Starburst? Man, shut up! I thought you got a lot of money for your birthday. Yeah, so? So why didn't you get a pair of Jordans or Kobe's instead? Right, nobody's ever heard of Starburst sneakers. They're Starburst? These are Stephen Marbury sneakers. He's an all-star. Yeah, whatever. I'm saving up my money to start a lawnmower business in the summer. A business? Okay, Starburst. You're really serious about making money, huh? I think something we should recognize is that we are in a society that prides itself on social capital. Likes, views, comments posting a video of you creating your budget, that, yeah, that might not tickle the algorithm enough for you to get your views up. Honestly, I get it. But if social capital is your high, amassing wealth is a hell of a flex, and a budget is the pathway to a fix that gives again and again. Number two. Now, number two is efficiency, right? Because another argument might be that budgets just are not efficient. At the end of the day, the greatest computer is the one between your ears. And that's true. So the, the thinking would go that if you don't budget, you can save time. Right? The operation would be what? As follows. Get paid, spend money, thick it out until the next check. Get paid, spend money, thick it out until the next check. Get paid. You get it, right? So not preparing or not creating or sticking to a budget, it saves you time for other things that you might want to do. Sure, you're not building wealth, but you have your time back, and that's something you couldn't get back. Now, I compare this mindset to walking into an unfamiliar hotel room, right, in the middle of the night. And not turning on the lights. You can assume you know where everything is, but it's going to be trial and error if you can't see. A budget would illuminate that room. It's going to let you know how far to walk in what direction without hitting a wall. A budget is going to light up the room so you can plug up your phone, turn on the television, order room service, find the bathroom, go out for fresh air on the balcony. That's what a budget does. That way, you don't flush your cell phone, you don't pee in the sink, you don't sleep on the balcony. You know what I'm saying? Get a budget so that you can illuminate the room that you're in. Hey, honey. What are you doing? Working on this budget mommy told me to make. Cool. 
How's that coming? Honestly, it's taking too long. I have a thousand other things I'd rather be doing before my first day at work. Like what? I need to buy new shoes, they want me to learn the script, and I need to finish my paperwork. Okay. So when's your first day? The end of next month. I just don't see why I need to do this before I get paid. I'd rather get a few checks and then look into this later, you know? I remember my first job. Did you have to make a budget? I should have. I can't tell you what I spent my checks on, but your grandparents got me everything I needed. I could say this. Knowing what I know now, if I had invested half of that money in Apple or Microsoft back in the 90s, we would own an island right now. Really? Now, some of the reasons we don't budget have more to do with us than our perceptions of what a budget actually is, like number three. But before we get to that, here's a word about our sponsor, Kira Lou's Garden. Discover the joy of gardening with Kira Lou's Garden, Beginner's Guide to Raised Bed Gardening. Unearth essential tips, step-by-step -step instructions for building a raised bed, and expert advice to cultivate your green thumb. Purchase your ebook or paperback copy at Amazon.com and start your gardening journey today. Dear night, dear day. Number if three. you and money are often breaking up, a budget is like marriage counseling. Setting boundaries where before you could just say F you, I never want to see you again, and then maybe make up on payday. With a budget, the relationship has to change. Now, you've got to respect your partner. You've got to take care of it, protect it, help it grow as a person. You got to spend time with it and learn what it needs and find the places that it likes to grow. You've got to drive it to the gym. And in this metaphor, the money gym is any investment that helps it to grow. But if you and money have to go to counseling, then you know you have to change how you treat it, and a budget gives you that heebie-jeebies, that uncomfortableness that comes with a change that we don't like. But good change, like good counseling, will change your life. Number four. If you've ever worked a job you hated, you might see budgeting as more of the same. First, you've got to get 30 to 90 days of spending and put it on a spreadsheet. Then you've got to make a budget and then you got to follow it. And then all the things that you could get because you're a boss and you like drinks and, and shoes and purses and burgers. Now you can't do any of that unless the budget says so. And I know that feels whack because nobody wants to deal with that. But if we change our thinking, we'll realize with a budget, you can actually eat $100 steaks instead of burgers. With a budget, you can get better priced or better quality shoes. With a budget, you can get drinks at the best five-star restaurants in the world. Why? Because of the definition. With a budget, you control your income. You control your outflow, you plan, and most importantly, you amass wealth. A person who ends up living paycheck to paycheck is still in a better position than they or anyone else is without a paycheck. But a budget would be a plan to control that paycheck 
tame the expenditure, and ultimately build wealth. Whether that's $10, $1,000, or $10,000 a check, these are the rewards of budgeting. Face it, no matter what it is you like to do, you can do way more of it once you increase your net worth. There are too many examples of folks who increase their inflow and then increase their outflow with no benefit to their net worth, with no savings, and essentially, they don't amass wealth. My opinion, after reviewing the last four reasons, is that the idea that budgeting is boring is faulty logic. If we stick to our definition, I think we can agree that controlling the inflow and outflow of cash so as to build wealth is not boring. So in conclusion, are budgets boring? Well, the work isn't supposed to be exciting any more than brushing your teeth, driving to work, working out, or going to church. Yes, it is a simple equation. A plus B equals C. Or, control your income plus control your outflow equals amass wealth. It doesn't matter if you own a kiosk in Kitui, Kenya, or if you're the CFO of Microsoft or Apple or if you're the head of the Treasury Department of the United States of America, you budget to amass wealth. Or at least you ought to. For anyone that thinks it's too hard or doesn't know where to start, I have good news. You do it anyway. When you walk into a clothing store, you may come across $2,000 worth of product that you like, but leave with $200. If you budget it on the fly on the way to the register, you still budget it. We're going to be more intentional with our end goal of amassing wealth. So if shopping is our fix, we can make more $2,000 shopping trips, but just responsibly build wealth in the process. Or you may have budgeted with the intent of planning for your future days or weeks before you even approach the store. If so, kudos to you. Budgeting is a key concept of financial literacy. One might argue it's illiterate to earn money and not have a budget. Easy questions for you. If you're building an empire, do you build the empire and then plan it? Or do you plan and then build? If you're throwing a party, do you have the party and then plan it? Or do you plan it and then have the party? For the youth, I don't blame you. Financial literacy is at an all-time low among age groups 60 and under. Nearly half of the 50 states don't teach financial literacy, and that includes Texas, Nevada, and New York. If we don't learn to amass wealth, code word budget, then a comfortable life is only going to become more unattainable. A certain major news outlet ran a story about retirement some weeks back. You might not have seen it. They stated that more seniors are working past their 75th birthday. They cited three reasons for this and then highlighted three people who are or were working past 75. The three reasons were longer lifespans, changing attitudes about retirement, and insufficient savings. The three people that they highlighted essentially said they were doing it because either they loved their work, they loved their co-workers, or they loved the camaraderie of the workplace. They didn't address any of the reasons that, according to the report, 60% more Americans are working past 75 than they were 20 years ago. Now, 
Is this a suggestion that there's a conspiracy to not teach you how to budget in your younger years and keep you working longer, paying taxes, and fueling the largest corporation in the world, i.e. the United States government? Of course not. This is a reputable podcast. All conspiracies are facts until proven otherwise. Guys, it's been a blast. I hope it's been a blast for you too. I want to leave you with a gift, okay? The gift is a Swahili proverb. Proverb goes as follows. That means the person who doesn't listen to an elder's advice gets their leg broken. Now, the point I'm making is anytime you get advice from somebody older than you, you should probably listen. Take it into account. Take the meat, leave the bones. See y'all next time. And remember, more work gets you more play. Air night. Air day.